This is Saturday Skate on Sports Radio WEEI. Talking Bruins and the NHL with Ken Laird from the Kirk and Callahan Show. Full-time hockey. Like it is sure. Bruins writer Rear Admiral from Barstool Sports. Bunch of criminals. We ought to be in jail. That's all there is to it. Featuring contributions from WEEI.com Bruins writer Ty Anderson. Former Bruin and WAAF personality Lyndon Byers. And nine-year NHL veteran Ryan Whitney. Whitney has tied Sneaks in from the point. Saturday Skate is brought to you by AT&T and Star Market. Need this win, you know, we got a lot of losses. Yeah, we got a lot of losses. Lace him up for some bees talk right now on Sports Radio WEEI. Back in the division tonight for the Bruins. Been a weird year for divisional opponents so far, Mr. Admiral. Not a win over a Canadian team in the Atlantic yet. 0 for 1 against the Leafs, 0 for 2 against the Habs, and uh, 0 for 1 against the Jeez, Ottawa Senators. No kidding, huh? I, hadn't, I had not noticed uh, that particular uh, pro- proclivity of the schedule. Uh, and then tonight, we got. I'm looking at the matchup. Uh, Frederick, Frederick Anderson is confirmed to go for Toronto tonight. Okay, so they're um, number one, right? Clear yeah, number one. Yeah, he he hasn't really been playing num- like a number one all year. I think he's gotten a little bit better, but he started off absolutely terrible. Frederick Anderson coming over from you know, Anaheim as a free agent, and uh, Rask is listed as likely, but I, I'd be shocked. Yeah, I mean, yeah, actually, let's see. Oh, he did leave well, after the Claude embarrassed yeah. Kudobin in yeah. the post game oh, interview. He really, Thursday. oh, I'm sure Kudobin was wiping probably his quit, nose. Probably went back to. Kazakhstan, yeah, or wherever two, he's from. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> I mean, I like. Yeah, Tuco is the first to leave the ice, so he'll uh, he'll most likely be starting tonight, barring anything unforeseen. Um, so, Toronto's not been they're in middle of the pack. They're actually they're two four and two in their last eight, which is not great. But um, and they've lost three in a row technically. But they 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 hang around. They lost three two to Minnesota uh, Wednesday last week. They lost in a shootout on Saturday of Vancouver. They've been kind of sitting around though. They only played two games this week. They've been well rested here. Uh, so I don't know what to expect with the Leafs coming in, except for the fact that uh, they've got good young stars, uh, Austin Matthews. They got really three players actually: Mitchell Marner and uh, William Nylander, who could be uh, Rookie of the Year candidates in the NHL. So it's an up-and-coming team. Uh, you were on uh, your Barstool Sports podcast with our boy Ryan Whitney, who says he's going to be with us next week, but I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, yeah, he's um, on the run. But anyway, you guys had a guest on Mike Commodore, former NHL player, who was just trashing Mike Babcock, the coach of the Leafs. Highly entertaining. Yeah, it was good stuff. Um, do you buy this Leafs team as a down the road though? A, they're going to be a threat. I mean, yeah, I think it's going to be another couple of years. Um, you know, this it's, it's funny because some teams, you know, kind of can turn it on in two, two, three years. They might make a couple adjustments and go from like a middle of pack team to a contender. Uh, Toronto, much long term, much longer term plan because of the you know the mismanagement that had gone on for so long. They just kept throwing money at every single problem and bringing in. Guys who just you know they 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 have to cause a lot of pain before it gets good in Toronto, and that's what Brendan Shanahan and Lou Lamorello are doing right now. Is they they're breaking everything down in order to build it back up again. Uh, it, in the meantime, yeah, you're gonna have a bad team, but there is a ton of skill. Obviously, Austin Matthews is, you know goes goes without goes without saying how good he is. There's tons of talent on there. In the next couple of years, you know they should be a contender. I would say maybe maybe another three years. Uh, they do need a franchise goalie. Frederick Anderson is not a franchise goalie. He, you know, he he was good in certain parts for Anaheim. Um, I, I don't know Toronto brought him in. I don't know that he's the answer for this year. Started off pretty bad. He's been playing a lot better lately. Uh, the thing about it is, though, Toronto's a lot more competitive this year. 
you know, they're not that good, but you're going to get a game from them, and, and they do have enough talent where they can't embarrass you. You know, Bruins if, lost 4-1 that first it, game. Exactly, they, case and, in and point. They took Matthews out, but the, the rest of the Leafs' talent showed up that night. Right, you know, you can shut him down, but then, you know, you got a bunch of other kids to worry about. So, you know, Toronto, they're, basically they're still not good, but they're a lot more fun to watch, basically. It's, you know, the last couple of years they've just been awful to watch, just an awful team. Uh, they're certainly turning around as an organization, and I mean, I'm not obviously rooting for them, but as a fan of hockey, as a fan of the NHL, you know, a healthy Maple Leafs team is better for everybody. You know, you want you know you want a team in in Canada's you know number one market to have a good team. It's just you know it's better for the league, and you know I, I mean it would be great to have a Bruins Maple Leafs. I mean, a, a rivalry again. I mean, if we had them the playoff. Oh, man, series in thirteen, that was incredible. I mean, it led to nothing else afterwards. It, but yeah, right, it, exactly. It, it was good, but you know, the the end result wasn't. You know, I mean, they ended up losing the Stanley Cup, of course. But, um, but if you know, if, if they become competitive, man, you know, in, in a few years, the Bruins and Maple Leafs. I mean, every year in the playoffs, you get a blood rival going, man. You good. know, and we'll talk more about the division coming up. Uh, Bruins actually pretty good couple weeks based on the other teams in the division. Just, yeah, eh, running into some troubles of their own. Real quick though, you want the we'll get back to the phones here and the Spooner and Fasternak talk. Well, my X's and O's t- uh, key for tonight: Claude Julian can reinstill some faith in me after ripping Kadobin when he didn't need to Thursday. Nazem Kadri, pretty good defensive sentiment tonight. Last change for the Bruins: see if they can get that uh, Pasternak line free of uh, Kadri playing playing against some of the lesser lines of the Leafs. That's yeah, that's your X's and O's tip for the night. There we go. I'll keep an eye on it. Stay awake. Not really. <laughs> Corey and Gloucester's been hanging in. If you're just joining us, by the way, we're talking about Pasternak. Five goals this week, 18 on the year. Is he a superstar? Are you buying in? Would you give him elite money, Tarasenko money, $7.5 per season? Uh, or do you really need to see a ton more? Would you give him a bridge deal and just see how he stays healthy? Ryan Spooner obviously been struggling. What's up? And uh, is there light at the end of the tunnel? Corey and Gloucester, I think, wants to talk about Spooner. He's been hanging on here on Sports Radio WEI. What's up, Corey? How you guys doing today? Excellent. Good. Yourself? I'm doing great. Good. So I remember about a year ago, or maybe two years ago, when it was Lucic, Spooner, and Pasternak, and it was one of the Bruins' best line yep. after Krejci had the hip injury. And I just don't understand how people have got so sour on Ryan Spooner. I mean, the power play works well when he has the buck, and it just seems like when he's on the line with Jimmy Hayes and maybe Bolesky or these other guys that can't keep up the speed and talent that he has, he kind of fades away. Would you, Corey, put him back on a, a similar... Obviously, that he, he's playing center there. Lucic isn't around anymore. I don't think you're going to rip Pasternak off the top line, but how would you configure it? What would you? Where would you like to see Spooner go? Well, I know that Spooner could have been a second-line center, possibly down the line. I know he still needs to grow into it a little bit. I know the defensive liability he is. But I just feel like when he has the puck on a stick, good things happen. Especially on the power play. I mean, I like to watch it when he's kind of making it all set up. He's got that cross-ice pass, and the power play seems to do well. I would agree with you, and thanks for the call, Corey. On, on some nights, you're loving what you're seeing. And he's right. That was, that was a terrific. He basically took over for Soderbergh, right, after they let him go. And he was, he was looking like he had great potential. He was never a good face-off guy last year. No. As a third line center, and I I wonder if they're just so preoccupied with possession and you know finding the next Bergeron, they they couldn't handle it. Just say, hey, we're moving this guy because of those assets. He's a good playmaker. We're going to move him the wing and force him in there. They have so many sentiment on the roster. Obviously, that's another potential problem. 
But I, I don't disagree with Corey. There have been times in the last three years where you looked at Spooner and you thought he, he's going to be a really good player for you down the road. Yeah, last year, I mean, you know, 13 goals, 36 assists. It was, you know, it, it was like, oh, wow, he finally arrived here. You know, it's, it's kind of, you know, what we've been hoping to get, the sort of production we've been hoping to get out of him. And, um, you know, I, I think he he's taken maybe a little bit of a step back. But, you know, to the caller's point, he hasn't had the uh, consistent line mates. He, he's been, you know, Bumped up and down the lineup. He's you know playing wing one game and then he's back down, you know third third line another game. So he hasn't really had a, a consistent line mates and you know that's going to affect the guy's his game to s- some degree. So um, I don't, they don't have much better options at the well, moment, th- right? I mean you know I, I also just keep playing him every night and hope he come turns a corner and wing. I I agree with that. Yeah, they don't seem to you know Clo doesn't seem to want to make her in that third line. So um, you know they're, they're throwing him out with Krejci, but. You know, uh, well tonight he's supposed to be on the wing with Nash and Zarnik. That you know, that's your quote unquote third line tonight. Yeah, that okay. line has all centers, no, no production. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, three center all, line, that's, six goals combined between those. That's three. That's the problem. They're all centers. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to shoot. <laughs> I mean, Zarnik's been okay, but he's just yeah, he's not a he's not putting up any points. I guess they're if they're a defensive line for you, fine. But those guys don't speak to defensive greatness either. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I don't know. I'd like to see um, what Heinen does tonight. I think they're probably going to. Th- I think they said they already thrown him with Krejci and Backus, right? Did you say that he's playing on, yes. on that wing yes, again? Yes, he's going to be on the left wing with Krejci and Backus. I think we might see a little more jump out of him at the beginning of the year. You know, he's a rookie. He's probably gets some nerves, maybe a little tentative, you know, first few games in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went down to Providence. He scored a bunch of bunch of points. I think he's probably got some major confidence going right now. And I think we'll see a different Danton Heinen tonight than we had earlier in the, earlier in the year. Um, you Our know, guy Ty Anderson, by the way, crunched the numbers on the uh, on WEI.com. When he was here, Heinen, first early in the year, seven games played, six total shots, no points. Went down to Providence, 13 games, 31 shots, seven goals, 13 points. So there's your production. Yeah, and, and I think, I know obviously, the, you know, AHL isn't the NHL, but, you know, he went down there and, and refined his game a little. And it's such a huge thing. I, I know it gets talked about. And, a lot, but it's confidence is such a big thing with these guys. Just feeling like you, you're going to go out and do it, you know. And the kid went down in Providence, and he built up his confidence. And I, I really think it's going to transfer a, a couple games here for him because you know the kid's got some ability. He, I, he didn't look great, you know, the first few games of the year. Just again, you know, he's a rookie. He's kind of thrown into the fire a little bit. And 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 David Krejci really wasn't playing great either. So he wasn't certainly doing him any favors. You know, Krejci coming off the injury had a slow start as well. Well, back to Spooner for a minute. Uh, Spooner admitted that he's been hearing the trade rumors too. You talk about confidence. That was a great game for a Monday, and it looked like okay, here we go. This, this is something to build off of. And then, not much. He's been kind of a mess again Wednesday and Thursday. Not all his fault, but he had a few quotes saying, "I try to put it in the back of my mind. I definitely want to play here. I want to help out. That's kind of where I am at now. If I play like I did Monday, I'll be fine." So, but he's but that, those quotes speak to he's hearing he's he's got no confidence. He and uh, Jimmy Hayes just have to be. What did LB tell us the last time he was in shattered? His confidence has got to be yeah. just in the tank right now. I don't know. I wouldn't put Spooner in the same boat as Hayes at all right now. Um, Hayes mean, is obviously at a you know, yeah. I mean Spooner. You know, Spooner's got nothing. Nothing. You know, nothing, I mean, nothing. Yeah, he's, he, I mean Spooner's got th- you know three goals, six assists. It's not like he hasn't done absolutely nothing. He's right. Still, he's still got more points than than a good chunk of the roster, believe it or not. Uh, so yeah, I, I wouldn't put those two in the same category. I, you know, I think he's just like again, I, he's struggling with some consistency issues because he, he he hasn't had a set spot in the lineup. I think I think that's has you, something to do with you it. You know what might actually get him going if if Krejci gets hurt or something and he's got to pop 
pop up and they put him at center. They give right. him another shot at second but line center. And that's not the way you want it to happen. No, though. you don't know. Obviously, <laughs> but he he might need, as the caller suggests, back with good wingers to get going, like he had with Lucic when he first came up. And yeah, jump exactly. I mean, exactly. If he's if he's playing center and he's got a couple guys who can put the puck on the net, then you know things things may uh, may happen for him. But I don't know that he's been putting the the best position for things to happen for him. Uh, by the way, on the text line, you were getting taken to task for the Aginla suggestion. Text at three seven ninety three seven. Admiral, are you high? Aginla is the uh, what's opposite. That have to do with anything? <laughs> Aginla would be the opposite of what the bees' organizational philosophy is. Why would you spend assets at the deadline for a run at nothing? It was an uplifting um, Bruins uh, text yeah, for you on. T- typical Bruins. Because you're talking about a, a what a 39-year-old guy who you can get probably pretty cheap if Colorado's out of it, maybe a fourth or fifth rounder. It has nothing to do with organizational philosophy. It has about to do with going in the playoffs and needing scoring depth. Would that be as uh, – how would that be received? Last year they went after Stepniak and Lyles at the deadline. And a year where a lot of people felt the same – Sort of the way they do about this team now, right? They're on the bubble. They're they're in the the soft rebuild. Sort of, they've got some. Yeah, they're actually sitting in a playoff spot right now, third place. But I think Iginla would move the uh, needle a little more than Lee Stepniak did last year. And I think you're right; he would be cheaper. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not about it has nothing to do with organizational philosophy. You're not changing your philosophy as as an organization. You're, you're looking for depth scoring going into the playoffs. I mean, you know, you know. I'm not. I'm not advocating giving up any big prospects or anything. I, right. You know. I mean, you talk about a guy who's. You know. Again, this is purely hypothetical. I'm just throwing dots out here. You know, a guy like Aginla, who you know, who knows what he's going to look like at the end of the year. He might. You know, he might look like he's out of gas at the end of the year. You know, he might not cost cost a lot for any team that's wanting to acquire him. But no, this. I'm not advocating the team change what they're doing. It's no. It's like all right. If you can bring in someone cheap. Uh, or even if it was just you know organizational depth, if you gave a couple minor leaguers that weren't going to come here, who cares? I mean, if you know you're trying to trying to win in the playoffs, you're, you're not shifting your, your, your organization's philosophy bringing in a guy. Well, back to Postonuk and organizational philosophy. Julian's taken a lot of heat for restricting or getting in the way of young talent, um, or you know the organization has for trading away whatever Sagan. You want to go back down. The line Kessel. You want to um, beat those same tired drums that no, everybody likes to beat. I don't. Not you. I mean, th- th- yeah. everyone on. But that's that's a reputation he's stuck with. How much credit does Julian get for Pasternak's success this year? I don't hear much, but I think he should get some. Well, Claude never gets any. Cl- he never gets credit for anything in this town. He really doesn't. I mean, I you know all you hear about is the guys who get traded or get sent away. You never hear of okay. Bergeron developed under Claude. Krejci has developed under Claude. Marchand has developed under all these guys who have developed under him and have flourished under, under Claude coaching. All you ever hear about but is guys... a different type of player. We haven't seen this type of guy, an offensive skill, what'd you no, call him, before well, game break. We have with Sagan, and, you know, but Sagan getting traded, that had nothing to do with Claude. Claude, <laughs> Claude. Well, he had to be in, in those meetings, no, right, when they sat around at the he's table. He's a coach, there. man. He ain't. You don't think they got his feedback on that? I doubt it. I mean, maybe as to whether to trade him, I'm sure they probably got his feedback as a player. But coaches don't have say much say in trades. No, they're coaches, man. The, the the front office makes you know the general managers make the decisions. I mean, I'm sure they got input from him, but I mean, the coach as as far as making having a say in trade, no, I don't. Well, everybody had to be in on that one. That was such a big you know blockbuster yeah, but, pivot in the organization. But, but but only the only the front office and ownership. I mean. You know, Claude was lucky. He was, you know, he was hanging on to a job by the skin of his teeth back, back then. Probably, I, I don't think no, I don't think Claude had any say whatsoever. And 
whether Ty's saying they're traded or not. But you do give him props for pasta, or, or would he just have been this good regardless? He's got these natural skills and ability. I mean, he is playing with two good players, too. You'd have to yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a, a, a little bit of both. I mean, obviously, any guy who's you know playing in the NHL and doing well is, is talent, but... I mean, I have no issues with the way Claude Jews and him, except maybe get him on the shootout a little bit sooner, which he did last time. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's putting him in a position to succeed, and, and, and he's succeeding right now, you know. And the top power play. I do want to see that. Yeah, that that too. I mean, again, I, I mean, if you if you do move pasta to that top unit, just move, you know, whoever you replace and put them on the second what's, unit. What, what's it going to hurt for a game? If you're in this kind of a funk where you have two power play goals in eight games, why not try? Why not try? I, know, yeah. I know every game matters, and you don't want to just, like, Chuck a night away. Uh, they're obviously trying to win every single night, but it, it's not getting the job done. So just for the sake of a new look out there, or Marshan for that matter, who, who was another guy you brought up, you know he he has never gotten top power play minutes consistently here in the last couple of years, despite a breakout offensive season last year. Finally, getting a little more, little more this year. Um, yeah, again, it's the it's the mystery of Claude and in, in how he determines what he's going to do in the power play, although. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if he mixes it up soon because Claude, I wouldn't call him stubborn. He does kind of stick with things for a long time before he finally says, okay, I, I got to mix it up here. Um, he jumbles lines every, you know, he's been, basically you know what, every night. He's been doing it, I think, a lot more uh, this year than he has in years past. He, it used to be kind of almost like a last resort thing for him, whereas now he's he, he's uh, got a little bit quicker trigger, a trigger finger to do that. But the power play is that sacred cow he just hasn't touched yet. It's like we, we worked, it worked last year. Just we're not going to bail after twenty games, even though we suck. Twenty fifth in the league, we're sticking with it. Yeah, um, he, yeah. He, he jumbled the defensive groups uh, the other night because you know Chara and Carlo got uh, broken up. They're back together again tonight, supposedly. But uh, he was willing to to make a move on that, which was interesting. Yeah, and it's uh, I think too. It's it's so easy to do in the course of a game. I mean, it's not like you have to go to a lineup card or you have to – I mean, it's just on the fly. Yeah. I mean, you just, okay, we're going to go smart. go with this, and if it works, good. If it doesn't, you can just go back to, to what you were using before. So I think it's – you know, it's so easy to, to, to make a change like that. It's not really that big of a deal. Um, why we don't see it more often, I, like I said, I think I think Claude has, you know, moved lines around a lot more than I, I know. He's, he surely did years ago. I mean, he would keep guys – Oh, it'd go maybe six, seven games without a point. Almost it would seem with with, with a trio, and then finally, you know, he he would break them up. But I think he's improved in that area. All right, we'll take a look at the rest of uh, some of the league trends, including the Atlantic uh, Division coming up here on Saturday skate. Uh, it's been a tough week for the Montreal Canadiens. They've come back to the pack a little bit. Oh, you're sad to see that. Yeah, yeah, I got a card in the mail for them. I know you do, and. Uh, <laughs> Also take a look at the some of the hits in the league this week. We had a big one in uh, Jersey mm. with Taylor Hall involved. And the Bruins actually in that Capitals game Wednesday had a few as well that went uh, unpunished. So we'll touch on some of the league discipline or lack thereof. Ken Laird and Rear Admiral were brought to you on Saturday Skate by AT&T, mobilizing your world star market. See what makes us shine. And by Wise Snacks on Sports Radio WEI. You're listening to Saturday Skate with Rear Admiral and Ken Laird on Sports Radio WEI. Laird and the Admiral here on Saturday Skate. Sports Radio WEI. Admiral's got his original six gear on today. Hey, be with the folk music. <laughs> You're not a fan of <laughs> Oh, no, I love Led Zeppelin. No, I'm. I'm a, remember that when they played that on Beavis oh, yeah, and Butthead? Oh, the folk music. 
You got a uh, Hawks jersey on. Are they playing in the uh, outdoor game this year? I can lose track of these. Uh, winter. Last year we had the Bruins in the Winter I, Classic. I, and- I can't honestly. I have so many outdoor games in different cities. I know the Flyers are because they debuted their jersey today, oh, which is right. pretty I just sweet. Saw those jerseys, yeah. Uh, I honestly, I think they are, but uh, there's All so right, many of them. There's so many of them. I can't keep track of them. Toronto, Detroit is the Centennial Classic on New Year's Day. Yeah, it is Chicago, St. Louis in the Winter Classic. That's right. They're playing at Bush, at right? Bush Stadium, yeah. January second. But then yeah. the Penguins and Flyers play in February in another stadium series game. Yeah. I mean, at Heinz Field. I know last year people were like bitching about it and why I'm like, oh, enough of the outdoor games. It's like, well, who cares? Like, if you're not, I mean, if you're going to the game and it's sold out, it only matters to you if you're going. I mean, what difference does it make if it's you're beca- watching? Yeah, it's if, not a national event anymore. It's just become a cool thing. Right. And, and if it's in your city and you've got tickets and you're going, then, then that's awesome. But I mean, if, if you're like in another city, like, Complain about oh I'm sick of the outdoor games. Well, why you're not? You know, it's it's just a game on TV. Does it matter if it's outside or, or in, in an arena? You don't like don't people know. that bitch, do you? Uh, no, I I, I bitch more than anybody. But but like it's just some of the stuff people bitch about. It's like you compl- honestly like you're complaining. There's too many outdoor games. Like who who they're playing? I wasn't complaining. No, not you. No, no, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about like the you the the the, the you in general on, online. I guess the global you. Yeah, the global you. Texture but, you. No, it's like you know, big deal. Like people, it's just like. It's a game. It's like you're not happy watching a hockey game. Like it happens to be outside. I mean, there was one in October. I didn't even know this. It, Winnipeg Edmonton played in October. Yeah, in an outdoor game. And, and, and as long as again, as long as they're selling out, and as long as the NHL is making bucketfuls of money at those venues, selling shirts and, and gear, then they're gonna keep doing it. And that you know, it's good for the league. They're making money for everybody, and no one's getting hurt. So you know, keep doing it. Is it a little watered down maybe because they do four or five a year? Yeah, maybe the you know the, the the luster is gone. It's not one game we're all focusing on. But again, it's, if, it's if one you, of the rare things that NHL has done well in the last right. 20 years. So it's like they get killed when they have terrible ideas. Exactly. Might as well just let them keep running this to the ground until they can't scrape another dollar out of it. And if you go, you know, like I said, if you've got tickets and you're going, then then great. It, that's awesome, man. You're going to see an outdoor game. But Well, speaking of Montreal, um, and well, Toronto's playing in the New Year's Day one, but uh, Montreal was here last year for the Winter Classic. Ugh. Canadians coming up at the Bell Center Monday. Toronto tonight, Montreal Monday. Will Tuca have the guts, or will Claude have the guts to actually play in this game against the Habs Monday? This is actually a pretty tough week. The schedule between now and New Year's is not that challenging because they get like the Sabres and back-to-back games coming up at the end of the month, Admiral. But Montreal Monday at Pittsburgh on Wednesday, then a back-to-back again. They got to come back at the Garden and play Thursday night against Anaheim. So it's it's a fairly challenging week for the Bruins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you really. I mean, you you really one of those people who think Tuka's afraid of the Canadians. You don't. You honestly well, we buy into that. We talked about this on our first show. Why why did Rask not play him? That they Claude strategically played him in the game before. Then he had some kind of phony injury that he wouldn't play through. I'm calling it phony. Easy for me to say. And then he bagged out of the the game. Which McIntyre played was the game they should have actually at least got to overtime. That was a terrible finish, and they lost a point out of it. Yeah, yeah but they played. They, I mean, they played a great game. I, I mean, I don't. Well, I they don't, played one of their best games, but, except uh, for the fact that the goaltender shouldn't have been the goaltender. I'll bet. I, I'll, I'll be willing to bet a, a significant amount of money that Tuukka Rask starts Monday night in Montreal. You want to go there? Uh, significant amount of money. Nah, what kind of odds? Yeah, yeah. I mean, odds. Oh, he's the favorite to play the game. Fifty-fifty. No. Oh, well, you're calling. You're saying you got no balls, basically. I did not say that. Oh, okay. Am I saying putting words in your mouth? Julian strategically avoided playing him in that game. I blame the coach more than I do Tuca. Tuca would have played if he if he demanded that he play that I, game. I don't, yeah, I mean, it's I don't know. I, like I said, I, I don't I don't think there was much more to it than just 
he gave Hudobin the start. I, I, I don't it was know. McIntyre. Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. All right. Well, speaking of which, uh, just a quick trip around the, uh, the division. Condon played last year here at the Winter Classic. He's now in Ottawa. He's been having to play for Craig Anderson. I think his wife's got cancer or something. But uh, Ottawa had the one four in a row. They had a two two in one week. So they're they're ahead of the Bruins by what a couple points here in the standings. It's pretty tight. I just had, I think it was a was a point. I think yeah. They, they've just kind of they're they're a little stagnant. Pittsburgh blitzed them Monday eight five. Put up eight goals on a Monday. Oh yeah, they spanked them. Uh, Montreal has lost now. David DeHarnay. And uh, who else? Uh, Alexander Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk. Yeah, he's and he I mean, he took a few years to develop, but he's he's definitely become a a pretty important part of that team, and that that's a big hole in their lineup right now. That's 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 a two big holes. So Montreal's two two and one in their last five. They've really stagnated, and who knows what they're going to do now in the next eight weeks? I I would say I don't expect them to fall off the cliff. They still have Carey Price, but pretty good news for the Bruins. You go to the teams behind them in the standings. Tampa Bay is on a fair free fall here. As far as like league, the league goes, it's hard to find teams to streak in this league. But yeah. Tampa is doing it. They are one five and one. They got uh, blitzed by Vancouver Thursday five to one. Ugh, that's a bad team to lose to. Terrible. Detroit lost last night to Columbus four to one. They'd actually been playing pretty well. That's uh, that's one of the hotter teams in the Atlantic. But they had a setback. Although they did get Jimmy Howard back, and we saw Florida. Uh, on Monday, that was a good game, but they are one three and three in their last seven. So the division is not very good right now, Admiral. No, and the you know Bruins can take advantage of it and you know just kind of keep the teams beneath them. You know, step on them and get further away from them. I'll tell you the the Metropolitan. I still got, I'm still getting used to calling it the Metropolitan Division, the old Patrick Division. Uh, I mean, that might be the best division in hockey right now uh, if if you take Definitely a look at the top it. Top three or powerhouse. You know, you got you know the, the Rangers. Well, the Capitals aren't as good as last year. I think we saw that right now, but I, I think I think they'll they're going to be there late. I mean, you're, you're talking you probably a good chance we're going to have five playoff teams out of that division. The, the Rangers, Pittsburgh, Columbus has been on a tail, like you just mentioned, five in a row. They started. Pretty you bad. Hate to see Tortorella succeed, but he's doing. No, it. I don't. You don't? No. Why? 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 You know, I he's don't. A jack he's, he's a local guy. I, I root for local guys. You know, demeans the media, demeans his players. He's like oh, Babcock. The he's, poor he's a hard nut. Oh, the poor You're media. You're in the media. God's a mean. And I'm, I'm not. I and I don't care. I don't take it personal. Like he doesn't. He's. It's a big game. It's a big show. He's. I, guys who get scared of like coaches, like who you know intimidate him, or whatever. It's like grow up. He's just. He's just. He it's needs just to a, grow up. It's unprofessional. I mean, I don't, I don't root Trying against to bully them. Bully around some snot-nosed reporter from the local media. Anyway, he's been. A yeah, little but bit all you gotta do is just have some balls of your reporter and just sit there and like he's not gonna beat you up, you know. I don't know. I, I he wouldn't say anything when... at the end of his tenure in New York. He would say like three words. Yeah, just... But like everyone gets like, oh, like just, just you know, he's not gonna like he's not gonna beat you up. He's a coach. He's, you know, he might. You love coaches. Is there a coach you don't like? Oh, I hate. Um, you won't Michelle, criticize Belichick. Michelle Terrian. Cr- Michelle Terrian. Oh, really? Oh, he's the worst. He is the absolute. What worst. What about Terrian? Oh, he was. I mean, That's another hard nut. I like I like Terrian actually. Ah, uh, because good guy. Going back to when he coached the Canadians the first time, back like well, uh, he wasn't very good. He just he's just arrogant. I just I don't know. I just don't like the way he talks and all that. And uh, like just he I smokes I, like a uh, yeah. Oh man, is he he smokes a heater every period. Not a, not not a big Old fan school. of his. Um, another team to keep keep an eye on the Flyers, man. Eight, I believe, eight in a row today. They won. They they were losing two to one at Dallas today. Come back. Um, and it's funny because they these teams keep winning, but they're not catching the Bruins because of the way the format is. I mean, that top three teams in each division that's that's helping the Bruins right now because you know they they got thirty two points. You got team teams actually you know below them that are wild card teams that have more points than the Bruins. But because of the way they the scenarios are set up or the format is set up, the Bruins are 
uh, still in that third spot right now. But there's so much hockey left, man. But you look how how tight these oh, it's teams are. A lot. It's crazy. That's how... what I'm saying. It's going to affect the trade deadline, and we're not going to get many obvious sellers for, for quite a while. Texters hate your Jerome McGinley idea. This is a shocker to me. Here's another text. This is from the 508. Jerome McGinley, Admiral, is a non-productive third liner on the worst team in the NHL. Why? Why, why would you want to trade for him? Yeah, people are not here. Depth scoring in the playoffs. I'm not saying put him on the first line. It's a, Again, if you can get a guy cheap who's scored, what, 560 NHL career, career goals or something— you is know, he again, better than Heinen, Spooner, and Schaller? I would say yes, right now. And, yeah, I mean, again, I would agree and again I'm not saying. Listen, like, like, I'm not saying make this move tomorrow. I'm saying at the deadline, if Colorado's toast and and a Gimel wants to, you know, he, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent again. If you could add a guy of his caliber for a cheap price to have in your lineup, it's a good thing. It's not like you're giving him like you know prime minutes. Or I mean, if he's playing good, you would, but. I mean, it's it's a guy who's got that many goals, and you, if you can add him to your playoff roster, why the hell wouldn't you? I mean, it's it's not rocket science here. I I agree with you. I think it's a reasonable, depending what you got to give. That's well, of course That's an right. Obvious. Yeah, I mean, I'm not you know I wouldn't give up a huge prospect for him, but again, I'm just you know going through the list here. And, you know, Patrick Shop's another guy I mentioned. I mean, you know, it wasn't like oh we have to get a Gill. I mean. If Dallas doesn't get themselves a goaltender, because that's the <laughs> but Dallas is hanging around the they're on the bubble they're not a well, seller right now right but and again if they don't get a goaltender the, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't make the playoffs because Niemi and uh, Lettinen are just not good they're just not a good they're, they're spending about ten million dollars on two goalies through neither one of them is really gonna is capable of carrying carrying them in the playoffs if they even get to the playoffs. So, you know, I will I mean a guy like Patrick Shop, he's gonna cost you. He's you know, he's thirty four, but he's still got some some gas in the tank. I know he's he hasn't played a lot this year. He's he got the concussion. He's only got one goal, but you know, again, this it's December right now. It's you're talking four months down the line when the deadline comes around. Speaking of concussions, uh you touched on this on your uh Stool Chicklets podcast, you and Ryan Whitney. Uh, by the way, you're listening to Saturday Skate, 3 to 5 every Saturday here on Sports Radio WEI. Ken Laird and Rear Admiral from Barstool Sports. You can check out the Spittin' Chicklets Spittin podcast. Spittin' Chicklets, yep. Excellent. Must listen to every week. Thank you. You guys touch on a lot of league issues, not just the Bruins. Uh, and you uh, talked about the hit from Taylor Hall behind the net, which uh, knocked out Larson. Philip Larson, yep. No uh, justice from the league. And Larson seems like he's okay. But, I mean, he was out. Out cold and scary and maybe even... More scary was the aftermath, which was what Whitney was talking about. Players are coming over to get a piece of Hall, who sort of blindsided him behind the net, and this guy's out on the ice, and you know skates are around his head. Nope, nobody cares. Yeah. It's just a, a prone body. It was it's a, it is a d- dangerous situation. I mean, first off, like you mentioned, the skates, the sticks, any sharp objects. Second off, if I mean, God forbid, his neck was broken off. You know, they could cause further damage just by bumping into the guy. So yeah, it's definitely a scary situation. You could see the goalie, uh, Jacob Markstrom, you know, trying to help him out. And did you did you see the other clip of him? The, you know, a couple of the goofball fans are trying to record the guy. You know, uh, the uh, Lawson splayed out in the ice, and he was the goalie was actually getting in front of the fans so they couldn't record the their, their, his buddy knocked out in the ice, which I I thought was a pretty cool gesture. You know, like kind of protecting his buddy's dignity or whatever. Um, the hit, I guess, when I watch it back, even in slow motion, doesn't seem that illegal. He just catches no, there's him. nothing illegal about it. It was, I think, it was almost more of a collision than a than a check. Um, you know, Lawson was kind of on the train tracks there, coming along the around the net, didn't have his head up. Taylor Hall coming the other side on the four check, and, and it almost I mean, in the like, old days that would have been celebrated as one of those blow up hits. You know, yeah, but and that's the thing though. I don't even, I don't. I mean, he 
he blew him up, but I don't even think he intended to. I think like he was, you know, coming in the forecheck, and like I said, it was it was more of a collision than a, than a check. I mean, because Hall almost looked like he was like making sure he didn't follow through on it. I thought that's how it looked, anyways. Um, and yeah, you hate to see that happen, man. Obviously, it's you don't want to see a guy KO'd on the ice. And it looked like he got KO'd before even he was out cold before he even hit the ice. Well, in the Capitals game Wednesday with the Bruins, we had a couple hits. Yeah, that were interesting. Dirty. Um, all, now, see. There wasn't much discipline to be handed out here either. We had, first of all, the Bergeron hit. Did you think that was, did he get away with it? And, of course, this became a thing, you know, for later in the game. Uh, Beagle was going after him for stretches of this game. But Bergeron boarded Matt Niskanen, which was a huge development in the game because Niskanen's out. Probably the reason the Bruins came back, to be honest, and, and tied the game up because they were playing with 5D and Niskanen's a good yeah, player. Yeah, it definitely has a ripple effect. Yeah, but I mean, Bergeron, his reputation speaks for itself. He's, I'm sure, uh, there was nothing intentional about it. I don't think it was, just, you know, just one of those things that happens in hockey, uh, unfortunate incident. But, you know, Patrice Bergeron, nothing dirty about him. The dirty hit I was talking about was Tom Wilson on Anton Bleed. Well, I mean, for sure, yeah. That's just, you know, that, but that's Tom Wilson. He's a dirtbag. I mean, he does, he's dirty hits is his thing. I mean, love Tortorella, but you hate Tom Wilson. Got it. Good. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Well, I wouldn't say I love Tortorella. I'm just, I think I'm pro Tortorella just because the media hates him. But no, Tom Wilson was a dirty, dirty hit. I mean, it was late. I mean, it was dangerous. He really could have. He really could have really hurt bleed. I don't know if, if he rang his bell or what, but uh, it was just oh, dirty hit. Them. Just you know, bad. And, you know, and that that's where you you know where, where you you miss fighting with the down down downturn and fight. That's where I miss it, man. Because I something like that, he should have to answer the bell for. You know, like even if he get even if he wins the fight, at least at least I want someone to come in and make him drop the gloves and and answer for that. That and that that's the stuff I I, I miss with the with the um, downturn and fight. Beyond ice show. justice, where things yes. sort themselves. Yeah, okay, out. you know, like okay, it wasn't, and it wasn't one of those. Oh, you got a good lick on my guy. I'm gonna jump in now. No, I hate that stuff too. I mean. It was a dirty hit. It was no need for it. And, yeah, I, I think I would have loved to have seen, you know, it, Adam If it McQuaid was Pasternak, it's a bigger story. Because it's Anton Bleed, nobody really cares that much. Yeah, yeah. Cares, I, you know the, what I mean. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's, a, you know, a, a, a rookie who no no one's too familiar with. And, he, you know, if it was Pasternak or even Marchand, yeah, there probably would have been a little bit more. But regardless, it's 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 a Bruin. It's it's a teammate. It shouldn't matter who it is. The, the fact that, you know, a dirty player did that. You know, I, I wish I, I don't think McQuaid was on the ice, but somebody like him would, would you know, would, I love would have loved to have seen him pummel Tom Wilson. Well, but. it hurt them because it led to a power play, uh, which led to a Bruins goal. Right, that was the Colin Miller goal. Right, right. It's, yeah, exactly. And I and that's the whole well, we'll beat him, you know, beat him on the scoreboard thing. But I don't know sometimes I like to beat him in the face too. Yeah. Well, then Schaller got hit um, was bleeding from the nose yeah. later in the game. Yeah. And Kevin Miller boarded a guy. Was that Thursday, uh, uh, which led to a. That Colorado goal from Soderberg, I yeah. think. So we had a few this yeah, some week. Chippy, which, some chippy stuff out there. And this some week. of them, you know, the guys are turning at the last minute. It's it's so tough to, you know, split second justice in this league, but it still remains the most random discipline or non discipline. You can flip a coin as to what the league's going to do or not do about this during the game and after the game for supplemental discipline. Yeah, I, I think they have gotten better. I mean, they were terrible at it years ago. I mean, you know, the whole Mark Savat thing. I mean, think back, you know, Matt Cook didn't get anything for... Uh, it, was, for it, was, yeah, it wasn't that long ago, but it feels like a different yeah, time. Yeah, for ending a guy's career. And then, and then of course, all the emails that come out, that, that uh, uh, Colin, Colin Campbell's emails and the stuff he was saying, and he right. obviously had prejudices against certain players. And, no doubt. You know, uh, it was just kind of eye-opening to say, like, you know, the way, they, he, the way he was talking about players and... You know, it was kind of like okay, so they do they do have favorites in the in their front office, and when they you know when they when they're giving out discipline, there was no rhyme or reason to it. Um, there's a lot more rhyme and reasons, although sometimes 
you know, we still kind of are baffled. But, you know, it, like the whole introduction of uh, the video tape, you know, uh, playing the video, explaining. I like that. It's, exactly. Yeah. It's transparency. It, it, tells you, it explains why the guy got suspended and, and what the reasons for it. And, and that's good. That's that. It, but you, you don't know. see one for Wilson. There's no, well, here's why Wilson's yeah. not see that, I don't, disciplined for the. As dirty as it was, I don't know what they would have suspended him for. I mean, other than that he's a repeat offender. But I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't expecting anything. I wasn't expecting supplemental discipline. Put it that way. I mean, it was a dirty hit, but that's what it was. You know, a dirty late check. All right, uh, Rob and Walt, hang in there. Uh, we'll get some final thoughts in before uh, Bruins and Leafs tonight. Ken Laird, Rear Admiral from Barstool Sports, home stretch here. Danny Picard coming up at five. This is Saturday Skate on Sports Radio WEI. You are listening to Saturday Skate with Rear Admiral and Ken Laird on Sports Radio WEI. Uh, he's playing with a lot of confidence. He's skating, and not only that, he's taking pucks to the net. You know, we just have to look at his first goal. He takes it to the net, but uh, even though he didn't score on the initial try, he stopped, he stayed there, and he, and he jumped on his rebound. And, uh, you know, if more guys start doing that, we're going to get more guys scoring some goals as well. You know, you got to be hungry. you got to want to score, and I think right now he's one of those guys that really wants to score, and uh, every night he's uh, he's giving us some uh, some goals. Claude Julian talking about David Pasternak leading the way. Bruins scored nine goals the last three games. They've given up 11, but five of those nine goals from Pasta. Ken Laird and Barstool Sports rear admiral here in the home stretch. Probably, uh, clearly the Bruins' most dynamic young player right now. Would say if you had to go, like, guys in Boston sports three years or less into the league right now, Admiral, Pasternak probably with Mookie Betts, one and two most exciting youngsters in the uh, Austin's Red Sox got a bunch, actually. Yeah, I was gonna say the Sox got a got a few different guys, but um, I the mean, Celtics got some young players and yeah, the Celtics, uh, um, Malcolm Mitchell maybe or something like that for the Patriots, but uh, Boston Malcolm, rising the well, charts. I mean, uh, this is Malcolm Butler's third year, is it not? Yeah, it's true. Say, yep. You know, I mean, he's true. he's I mean, he's been phenomenal this year. He's 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 tough as nails back there too. He's been. You know, he makes the one big play, and then, you know, obviously huge play, wins the Super Bowl, but you didn't know what, you, you know, what we were going to get after. But the kid's a real deal. He's he's a hell of a back back there. So um, he's probably a name I would throw out there too. But uh, Pasternak, I mean, you know, looking at a, a potential 50-goal scorer here, he'll, he'll – you think Prediction, will he score 50? I say no. I mean, uh, he's got – I would put him at 40, he's 39 got, or 40. He's at, I'm sorry, what's, what do we say he's at? Right no, he's at 18. 18, and how many games that the Bruins have played? 28 He played games. 28. So thirty four percent of the year is done. I think he's. I'm going to say he'll get. I'll go and go with forty six goals. Forty six. That's yeah. pretty stout. Yeah. A couple think... quick calls before we get uh, Picard in here. Let's go to Rob in New Hampshire up next here on Sports Radio WEEI. What's up, Rob? Hey guys, how you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Sure Thanks thing. for calling in. Hey, listen, I want to really. I think it's great. There's finally a real hockey show in Boston. Everybody else has got one except for hockey. But anyways, talking about the hitting you guys talked about earlier. Um, I, I used to coach, you know, with the USA Hockey and all that stuff for three or four years, and I got a little frustrated. With it. But anyways, one of my biggest complaints is is the fact that you know there's no hitting allowed anymore. And when you look at the timeline of these guys these days, you know, they go through you know, Mike Squirts, Kiwis, and all that stuff. They get up to Bantam. The Bantam, you're 14, 15 years old. Conceivably, in three or four years, you're playing in the NHL, and nobody has any idea or has been taught how to check how to receive a check, how to go in the corners and look behind you for the guy that's come at you. And, and, and I think that's wrong, and I think that's a lot of the problem that we have today, that a lot of these guys, you know, the game has changed, as we well know. I'm, you know, I'm 56 years old. I've seen a lot of good hits in my life. 
but I, I think that's the problem. I'm just wondering what you guys thought. Well, probably, about, Rob, you know, probably the same or even worse in Europe, right, in some of these leagues where there's even less hitting. I'm, I'm just speculating because I haven't watched those yeah. games. But, you know what I mean, youth hockey in Europe, is it any different? Probably not. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. But, but, but it just seems to me, it's like, like you know, you, you want these guys, yes, protect, 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 and all of a sudden, okay, hey, go out and hit somebody. Okay, well, how? And, you know, and how do you protect yourself? And, and it just seems like there's, there's uh, something's going to change, I think, like at the minor league level or, or in the younger level or whatever, maybe it's college, I don't know. It's, well, it's, a, it's a good thought, Rob. I, I think um, I it's actually a good point. You know, it does seem like you don't see as much checking. And I think that may be because there's such an emphasis on puck possession that teams are almost more concerned with getting the puck than they are with, you know, burying a, a guy and trying to take it away from him. I think maybe the, you know, not being as physical, it just I, I, I don't know. I, maybe some, I don't know exactly what it is, yeah. but yep. yeah, maybe there's some sort of dovetail with you know the amount of the, or the lack of hitting uh, tying in with the with the, the obsession with possession. Like, some well, truth to it. I'm a poet and didn't know it. Walt in Springfield to uh, finish us <laughs> off here tonight. What's going on, Walt? Hey, how you how you guys doing? Excellent. Good. Thanks. Good. Golf. Good. Uh, I see it as presently constituted. The Bruins are. Like in the same boat they were in the last two years, borderline whether they're making the playoffs or not. And I, I think a lot depends on the trade deadline coming up in February, I believe. And I know the last two years that, that the new GM, Sweeney, has not been able to pull off a move to get them over the hump. Uh, I, I don't know if it's because he's a new general manager or not, but I, I just wanted to hear you, you guys' opinion if you think that uh, he's got the ability to, to make a major move to get this team to get a deep run into the playoffs instead of teeter-tottering on uh, whether or not they're going to make the playoffs. Uh, I'll shut up and let you go. Well, sorry, Walt. Yeah, I mean, hey, uh, Sweeney went after it last year to some extent. He got two players in, but not a game-changer, not a game-breaker. Rarely, though, at the trade deadline, Admiral, do you see a, a guy that's going to change your fortunes. Around. Yeah, I, I don't know that they were – like within uh, close proximity of getting over the hump last year at the deadline, that you know the, they were a pretty flawed team at the deadline. I, I don't, I think it's obvious they weren't one player away or two players away. The Bruins really weren't weren't close last year. Um, I, I know, I think they're gonna. I mean, I've said earlier they're gonna probably bob and weave around the the bottom, but I, I think they're gonna make a run for the. You know, I think Montreal probably hang on to the first place, but I think they're gonna make a run for the second second um, spot in the division. Well, would... it looks like the division's opening up for them, and if you believe Jacobs, he's committed to making the playoffs this year and expects a deep run. So yeah. I would say he gives Sweeney the ability to go out and make a deal or two. Yeah, I mean the, the pots are in place. This, you know, it, it, the roster is good enough where they they should make it. Um, you know, Rask is playing good enough. I, I'd be surprised if they don't at this stage. All right, Admiral, check you next Saturday. Yep. Be good. Check you out Admiral on uh, social media, Twitter, of course, and at Barstool Sports. And, of course, for us here at WEI. Yep, absolutely. At Rare Ad B's blog on Twitter, Barstool Sports, WEI.com, and uh, Spit and Chicklets podcast you can find on iTunes or at Barstool Sports. Ty Anderson banging away for us on the .com as well. He'll be covering the game tonight at the Garden. I'm Ken Laird. Danny Picard coming up next. Don't you go anywhere. I have a feeling Danny will have some uh, Patriots-Ravens thoughts. It's just a guess. Wild guess. Saturday Skate brought to you by AT&T, by Star Market, and by Wise Snacks on Sports Radio WEI.